Yeah, draft day, Johnny Manziel. Five years later, how am I the man still? Draft day, A. Wiggins. Fuck that other side, bitch, we stay winning. Oh man, you know I had to do it for you. You know I had to do it for you. Yeah, suits and ties yelling out, pay the guys, man, I had to do it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the post-draft show here at Gritty Sports. This is episode 6, season 5. It is a small booth today. Perhaps a kissing booth. A kissing booth. It is very tight. I can feel Ryan's breath on my ear. I haven't brushed my teeth in three days. It's erotic. <laughs> it is very erotic. My shorts are very tight as well. But we thank you for joining us. If you didn't just click out because you thought it was a fake sports podcast, but it was actually porn. It's ASMR. I'm going to eat a tuna fish sandwich <laughs> in this phone booth with Josh. He's going to put potato chips in the sandwich, too, yes. so you get the auditory pleasure. <laughs> but anyways, you heard the intro track, right? and I were talking before the show, and... The Drake curse is a real thing that people are now just starting to get on, mm-hmm. but Johnny Manziel, he may have made a comeback, but the AAF folded, and now Andrew Wiggins is on a team that has no direction, and he's not even the best player on that team. It's a problem. It's a curse. It's a problem. You saw what happened to the Maple Leafs. They're dead. And then... I mean, it might still be a sore topic, but I did see a picture that the Carolina uh, Hurricanes posted of Drake on a Capitals jersey. I did see that. So That was fake. This is a real thing. That was a Photoshop. Even the fake things are working. (laughs) People need to realize that they wield responsibility with with these things. With the Photoshop? Yeah. And then, like, I saw a photo, yeah, I saw a Photoshop, too, of the Night King on a Drake jersey. Damn. So... Uh, one of my, Things are wild, right? I, as a person who doesn't watch Game of Thrones, which uh, I'm not trying to brag about that, I'm going <laughs> into that I think being on Twitter after Game of Thrones is still very interesting. It's amazing. I enjoy I the meme. It. I don't understand the show, but there's some things that I that I got, like the uh, I saw today a, a lacrosse player do a celebration where the one girl drops the knife and then stabs the yeah. guy. I saw a dude do a lacrosse celebration of that, and I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I appreciate that that was a very cool lacrosse celebration. The best things <laughs> about those are every Monday it comes out Game of Thrones spoilers without context. Yeah, and it's just random stock image photos <laughs> that relate to the episode, and that that stuff is just hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, well, we don't have to talk about Game of Thrones. That's not really our forte. No, but it was a it's fantastic yours. episode. Um, it was amazing. It was the culmination of. Seven seasons, and it was fantastic. Uh, Avengers Endgame was also fantastic. I won't share spoilers since there's a whole social media campaign about that, but... Go read LaShawn McCoy's Twitter. (laughs) No, don't do Do it. Do it. Like, even if you click on him to block him, you'll see stuff. I... Like, he has stuff pinned. I knew I probably wasn't going to go see it, so I was like, I kind of want to see LaShawn McCoy's tweets because I think it's going to be funny. such an asshole. I clicked on it, and I was like, damn... Oh, well. I guess I really don't need to see it now. Mm, that's true. <laughs> yeah, he probably just spilled a bunch of shit about a certain character being dead. Yeah. I'm a fucking asshole. But I think public opinion has already shifted away from LaShawn McCoy, so this was probably a mm-hmm. publicity stunt. Yep. He was acting up. But without further ado, we're talking NFL fantasy fits because 
that's the most important thing to get from the draft. I mean, the defensive players are awesome, and I'm sure that you all have plenty to say about the whole draft as a collective thing, but we're talking fantasy because that's what we do, and the guys and I and Ryan and John, if John gets the draft app this year, we're going to be going into a best ball draft you know, as soon as next week, as soon as I round up the names, so... You guys start thinking about these things, you know. You can draft all season long. So come here, get your advice. It's coming at you right now. We're talking quarterbacks. We have the best and worst fit for the four main positions here. We're not going to talk kickers, even though the Buccaneers did draft another kicker. I love it. I don't know what their whole, you know, I don't know what their whole thing is with kickers, but we're talking quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and Ryan. Start us off with your favorite fit at the quarterback position for fantasy in 2019. Well, if he gets on the field this year, it will be he will. Dwayne Haskins. You think he'll win out the job over? I don't over think Keenum? he'll win it, but I think people are impatient, and yeah. Case Keenum's not very good. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if Keenum wins the job, but yeah, people are impatient, especially in Washington D.C. But if Haskins can get on the field, I think he could be a great quarterback right away. Uh, the Redskins have a, a pretty good offensive line that will keep him upright. And uh, we drafted some wide receivers, one that he already has a good uh, repertoire with from uh, his own team and uh, Josh's squad, hopefully now luring Josh away from the Cowboys <laughs> and into the Redskins with two I'm Buckeyes. I'm split now. Yeah, <laughs> I, have a, I have a split problem. But, I, yeah, I do really like Dwayne Haskins. He has a gun. Um, he's probably the most raw talent, but I think he is easily the most talented NFL quarterback potentially. So it may take a little while for it to figure it out, but the arm strength, the, ball. the arm strength alone is, is what would have a lot of fantasy value. You can see a guy like that having a couple, uh, he gets a couple of 70 yard bombs in a game mm-hmm. or 50 yard bomb in a game. And then a couple TDs and keeps the interception slate clean. That could yeah. be a lot of and, points. And Dwayne Haskins for a best ball is going to be, if you have room, your third quarterback yep. toward the end of the draft. Yep. So you don't really have much to lose. My guy is a guy you're probably not going to even pick at all, but since it was a bad quarterback class and we're splitting hairs and I didn't really want to take Kyler Murray because uh, I don't like Kyler Murray in this fit, but he's going to be a good fantasy option, and that was kind of obvious. So. I went with Will Greer. Um, I think he's really undervalued uh, just because he came from WVU and he came from Florida and he had his issues there in Florida. But I think his arm is good. I think he's a gamer. He knows how to win games. Um, He played with a couple of pro receivers, although David Sills didn't get drafted. Uh, Don't really understand that. But he does know how to make plays. He knows how to read. He's comfortable in the pocket and... The you opportunity, don't know how to read. I don't know how to read, which is why this is impressive that yes. he can. And he's from West Virginia. <laughs> so that's a big bonus. He's he's the smartest man in West Virginia. That's why he's up here. And did anyone forget that the Cam Newton shoulder saga is still ongoing? Very true. Everyone kind of stopped, you know, thinking about it. But the know, Panthers obviously didn't to draft Will Greer. No, this is they, a quarterback. A lot of they teams took him in the third is. round. Yep. So, Will Greer, if Cam gets messed up, you could see some Will Greer this year. So, just keep that in mind. Um, For the worst, I have Mr. Duke, Mr. Daniel Jones of the Giants. This is not fair to him because he is set up to fail. 
He doesn't have a number one star receiver to throw him the ball. He has a terrible offensive line. He has a GM that is almost on purpose blowing <laughs> up the whole ship. Um, I can't get him. Um, he's intentionally tanking the team, and the entire city of New York already hates him. Yep. This, so it's just it's not going to end well. It can't go well at all. If he goes out and doesn't have three touchdowns and 250 yards yeah. in his first, like, four weeks in a row, yeah. everybody will hate him whenever he finally yeah. gets on the field. I'm sure Eli will be playing this year. But New York is an impatient city, too, and they, as much as they love Eli, I could see Daniel Jones finally on the field because the Giants are going to be bad again. Yeah, and if, be if, really bad. If they drop their first – I don't know what their schedule looks like off the top of my head, but if they drop uh, a lot of their first, like – five or six games, yeah, I would not be surprised to see Daniel Jones being thrust into that spotlight. And I don't think he'll be ready for it. Nope. Who do you got for your worst quarterback? I have a guy that uh, if if we were talking last season at this time, we would be uh, really excited for him as one of the top QBs to be taken in the draft that just happened. Ryan Finley was a first-rounder on a lot of boards last offseason. The... uh, NC State offense was a really high-powered offense. Uh, Kelvin Harmon also came back with Finley. The Redskins got him as a steal in the fourth round. Uh, But uh, they were both projected first-rounders this time last year, and both of them dropped. Uh, Finley, I believe, taken in the third round by the Bengals. And um, he, I think, has a lot of intangibles to be a good player. He's got the size and the arm strength, and he's played with great wide receivers uh, in a pro-style offense. So uh, I think that he has a lot of things going for him, but he needs a team that would be able to develop him, and the Bengals can't develop anybody. Poor, yeah, poor Andy Dalton. Yeah, with Zach Taylor being the new head coach, you know, he could have drafted Finley to be his guy. Yeah. So who knows? That's an intriguing situation. Mm-hmm. A new regime finally after all those years of uh, – Terrible. I can't even remember his name anymore. Cause Marvin, Lewis. Yeah, Marvin Lewis. <laughs> I, I erased him from my memory I wish already. I could. I wish I could. Uh, so let's go into running backs. Uh, for running back best, I have two. Um, I'll go ahead and get one, and I'll flip over to you. Um, but I went with Mr. Benny Snell, the new Pittsburgh Steelers running back. The Steelers traded up for this pick in the third round. And a long time ago... You know, maybe three or four years ago, I came to the realization that the system makes the running back, not the other way around. And I really stand by that. I mean, sometimes there's a few exceptions, um, you know, like Saquon Barkley, because his offensive line was bad and he was still good. But you look over the years with the Steelers, they've had a great O-line for the last five years. Rashard Mendenhall was a top 12 running back at one point. So was D'Angelo Williams. So was Le'Veon Bell. And then James Conner was last year. If James Conner goes down, Benny Snell is going to get this job. He is a thumper. 5'10", 225. He's a powerful between-the-tackles guy. He's very thick. Mm. He can catch the ball out of the backfield if he needs to. And he's not a speedster. He fits the mold of a Steelers running back. And I think that if, for some reason, James Conner goes down, and I think Benny Snell should be drafted in 20-round best ball drafts towards the end, Benny Snell could also be a star for a few weeks for you. Yeah, I uh, am going to take the very obvious choice in Josh Jacobs. 
partially because if you haven't heard the news, which is still relatively fresh, of Isaiah Crowell's uh, mm-hmm. ACL tear, yep. and he will be out it for the season. Uh, yep, happened to the, today as we were, uh, record this podcast on Wednesday. Um, and also, of course, with Marshawn Lynch's retirement uh, this offseason. So the it's an empty running back room with a, a lot of carries up for grabs. And um, hopefully the Raiders will be running the ball this year with Jacobs. He could be a workhorse. And uh, I saw some stats about uh, how fresh he's coming into the league as well. Uh, compared to some other college running backs, he did not get a, as heavy as a, a workload at Alabama as a lot of uh, Alabama running backs in the past have had. And then for my worst fit, I have to look in the mirror at the Washington Redskins and say, what the hell are we doing with drafting Bryce Love? Uh, there's so much talent in this draft. I was just lo- I was loving all of our picks the whole way through, and then we draft Bryce Love, and I just, we have a very full running back room with Chris Thompson, just signed Adrian Peterson to a two-year yep. deal, Geis and just drafted back. Darius Geis last year. So uh, I don't really understand that move. Um, I guess if they have an injury bug again, and maybe I, they're just thinking about that. But Well, and another thing I was thinking of is uh, we recently had to let a running back go that was a, a very uh, high prospect on our – like we really wanted to play him, but we just didn't have room for him, and we had to cut him. I can't remember his name. Uh, yeah, well, we had to let. I think we let P Ryan go as well. But there, there was somebody else that we we brought in, and uh, oh, it's gonna bother me. I'm gonna have to try to figure it out, and I'll I'll tweet it out later or something. But it was uh, we had to let him go. So I figure we would have learned from that mistake before, but apparently we we didn't, and we want to have Bryce Love succeed and have to let one of these other good guys go, or uh, or piss off a, a room with too many mouths to feed. I don't know. I just, I just don't understand that pick. Yeah, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, another one of the running backs I liked was Daryl Henderson at the top of the third round from the Rams. The Rams straight up to get him, and that tells me the narrative that I want to believe, and that's the fact that they're afraid to play Todd Gurley as much as they did last season. Things really went to shit toward the end of the year for Gurley. They draft Daryl Henderson. He's a big guy, 208. Uh, only sitting at 5'8", but he's got a lot of pounds. He's a thick dude, runs low to the ground. He's quick, um, can run the routes out of the backfield. Pretty much everything that C.J. Anderson was last year. Uh, now that C.J. Anderson is gone and uh, the other running back is also gone, I'm forgetting his name, very forgetful today, um, but he is also gone. So Capri Bibbs, that was the Redskins Capri one that Bibbs. I was trying to think of. Yeah, he had some good run. He did, and he uh, he got signed by someone else, and he uh, ended up playing decent for them. And John Kelly was the running back I was thinking about. But So the running back room is just Todd Gurley and Daryl Henderson. Uh, Daryl Henderson's going to get some work. I'm envisioning probably around 50 to 70 carries this year, so... You know, you play a week where Todd Gurley has off toward the end of the season. Could happen. Or if he gets injured, he's got a bum knee. Uh, Running backs I hate. This one's just pretty obvious. I hate Damian Damian Harris. I was about to say Williams for some reason. The uh, Kansas City running back. But hate Damian Williams, not because I think he's a bad player. Um, Another running back from Alabama. Played with Josh Jacobs. Um, But the fact that he's going to the Patriots infuriates me <laughs> because they have Sony Michelle, they have James White, they just signed Rex Burkhead. What the fuck? 
Where does Bill Belichick hate the world? Yes. Why does he want this? Like, if you're a guy who was thinking about drafting Sony Michelle in the second round, which I definitely was, how do you do that with any confidence now that they draft a running back, a third round running back, like not in the sixth round? This was the sixth round, sixth ranked running back in the class, and now he's going to be a Patriot. Is is Sony Michelle trade bait now? Uh, no idea. I've, he, I know John. If he was here, he would be talking about Sony Michelle's injury history because he has his whole yeah. life on this podcast. So maybe uh, the Patriots see something in that, um, and maybe are going to try to unload him or just don't have confidence in him being healthy. That's kind of one of the only rationalizations I can come up with. But the the Rex Burkhead signing makes that really confusing. It infuriates it makes me it very because the Patriots do these things just to piss people off. Yeah, and it works. <laughs> like if you're a guy with Sony Michelle in a dynasty league, like you are running around the house throwing a temper tantrum like a toddler. It would be insane. Um, all right, that's all I have for running backs. All that aside, uh, wide receivers. Ryan, who's your favorite fit out of the wide receiver class? My favorite. Wide receiver fit is going to be the second wide receiver taken by Arizona, Hakeem Butler. I think he's just an all-around stud. He fell. uh, I know he was high on a lot of people's mock drafts. I think he was probably one of the top three receivers taken on mine. And uh, I I think he's just going to be a great player. I think that's going to be obviously a high-flying offense that you are probably going to try to want to get in on. If uh, if anything clicks, I know Josh doesn't believe in the in what Arizona is going to be trying to do, nope. but on the off chance that it works, that's a guy that you will want because he yeah. will be putting up big numbers. Well, the, I have my reservations about Murray too, but I also have my reservations about uh, them drafting Andy Isabella and like what's wrong with Christian Kirk? Like I thought he had a pretty good year mm-hmm. last year. Larry, I mean obviously Larry's on his way out, but. That's going to be a crowded wide receiver room, but Akeem Butler is, you know, the only dude who's that big at six five. Um, yeah. So he might get some run. We'll see what happens. Um, my favorite is Paris Campbell. I had to have one Ohio State player in there, <laughs> um, sitting at six foot two oh five. This dude's a burner, and he is actually very similar to T Y Hilton, which I think is ironic that they're both on the same team now. Um, but I think those two together are going to be huge threats down the field for Andrew Luck. They did sign Devin Funches, so this might be more of a sleeper-type pick for you guys because Paris Campbell wasn't a longtime starter at Ohio State, but he was first-team All-Big Ten this year. Um, he has a limited route tree. Uh, you know, Ohio State likes to keep their routes simple down the field for the most part, but later on towards the season, especially – after they figure out that Devin Funches is a bum, like most of the rest of us already have, they'll move on from him, and they're going to have Paris Campbell playing pretty much opposite side of T.Y. Hilton. I love that. Um, and then my worst fit, I think I yeah, I have two of these, so I'll do one, and then I'll flip over to you, Ryan, is A.J. Brown. And this would have been a bad pick for any receiver just because I hate the Titans offense yeah. so much. Ugh. Poor Corey Davis died over there. If Corey Davis couldn't get it done at the number seven overall pick like three years ago, A.J. Brown in the second round is not going to get anything done either. Marcus Mariota is regressing rapidly. It is 
honestly amazing how much worse he's getting year after year. Yeah, I would like to form some type of like charitable organization <laughs> where we go to Nashville and it's maybe like an an underground railroad type thing where we save the wide receivers from Marcus Mariota. Just where we like just bring the them. Fits, we yeah. we bring them to other teams, or we just like give them makeovers and say that they're free agent wide receivers that played at some D three school, and it, you can come. Sign it really them. sucks because like I feel bad for AJ them. Brown was my favorite receiver yeah. in this class. I thought I think I thought he was gonna be really good, and mm-hmm. now I'm like, well, there he goes. He's just gonna go die out at the farm. Yep. Yeah, he's going out. He's getting <laughs> taken to the woodshed yep. by uh, Mike Vrabel. Hey, See, why don't you run a post? Uh, you'll be the third option. Uh, Marcus won't make it past the second, and he'll be sacked and break his elbow. Or we'll just check it down. Yeah, or we'll check down to Deion Lewis or Derrick Henry. Yep. Awful. Poor guy. All right, who's your who's your terrible fit? My worst receivers? fit is uh, Debo Samuel to San Francisco. Uh, they just drafted Pettis last year, who had a good showing, and uh, Marquise Goodwin was a guy that uh, a lot of people were really high on, but uh, had some injury trouble and uh, couldn't stay on the field very well last year. The speedster, former Olympian, and then of course the they also have uh, some pass catching backs. They have Jarek McKinnon, and uh, they also just brought in uh, uh, who did they just bring in. We were just talking about him before the show. Oh, uh, Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman, yeah, from the uh, Falcons, and then of Madison's course, friend. Yep, and then of course, uh, <laughs> of course, George Kittle, the only real, like, legitimate yeah. top-notch fantasy option on the San Francisco Forty Nine ers, I think. If Garoppolo is back and plays well, who knows? But is he? It's it, a lot of variables. Exactly. Like, I'm not a Garoppolo believer, so you're gonna have I, to draft Debo in like the mid rounds of your drafts. Yeah, and yeah, and, also, I'm, not, and I'm not gonna do it. I would rather take a shot on Miko Hardman, the Georgia receiver, going to Kansas City. Because he's, he's going to be getting the keys to the kingdom with Tyreek Hill on the outs. Uh, so I have one more bad receiver and bad fit. It was actually the first receiver taken in this draft by the Baltimore Ravens. That is Marquise Hollywood Brown. I think this guy reminds me a ton of D.D. Westbrook. And the situation is not good for the passing attack for the Ravens. They signed Mark Ingram. They have two other running backs. They have Lamar Jackson, who has time and time again shown that he, you know, has no business throwing down the field, nor that he really wants to. Um, And I think Marquise Brown is a bit of a one-trick pony to me. And just fantasy-wise, I don't think he's going to be very useful. Yeah, I think uh, Lamar Jackson needs some, like, possession receivers and and guys that can get open closer to the line of scrimmage. Uh, Not a speedster who weighs 160 pounds. Yeah, Lamar Jackson doesn't have the the arm and the – Ravens offense isn't designed to just throw bombs. So I, I I don't understand that pick either. Even though I am more of a fan of the Ravens going into this year than you are, Josh. Yeah, I don't like the Ravens going into this year. I think between the Browns and Steelers, again, we're going to take them out behind the woodshed. Um, We'll go to tight ends now. My favorite tight end is a tight end that's not currently the starter in his respective team, but it is Irv Smith Jr. out of Alabama. Goes to the Minnesota Vikings. Um... They had to have liked this guy a lot because they already have Kyle Rudolph. They took him mid-second round as the third tight end overall. Of course, now there's rumors flying around that Kyle Rudolph is going to go to the Patriots, which I would hate a lot because I I think Kyle Rudolph is a good tight end. But Irv Smith Jr., 
Um, you know, you give those comparables. Why not compare him to someone who came out of Alabama not that long ago with O.J. Howard? Big body guy, 6'3", 242. He's a big played threat. He can run in between the linebackers. He can run faster than some of the linebackers. Mm-hmm. So, Irv Smith Jr., I think, if not this year, this might be more of a dynasty perspective thing, but I think in 2020, Irv Smith Jr. is going to be a star. I like that pick as well. Uh, I have two tight ends I really like. One obvious one, not that obvious one. Uh, the obvious and Noah Fant at the Broncos. Yep, I like him too. Uh, Joe Flacco loves his tight ends. He does. And uh, I think uh, he's a great one out of Iowa who just breeds uh, great tight ends. Two of them, of course, in the first mm-hmm. round. So we're just like crazy to have two of them in the first round in one uh, season. Yeah, then 12 picks. Yep. So uh, I, I think that's a, a really obvious pick. You can take him. You'll be taking him in your regular fantasy drafts. Oh, yeah. Bowl, you'll be taking He'll be him. a starting tight end. Yeah, wherever you can get him. And then uh, the not so obvious one that I think could uh, could put up potentially really big numbers, uh, Trayvon Wesco from WVU, who got drafted by the New York Jets. He's uh, kind of the, one of the Swiss Army knife guys, uh, tight end who can play all over the place. And uh, of course, coming from WVU and also playing tight end with his pass catching abilities, getting the early comparisons mm-hmm. to Gronk. Who uh, who is now oh, leaving? The and the league. Jets are going to want to throw to the top. Oh yeah, anymore. their wide receiving core is pretty pretty thin. They already love Chris Herndon. He had mm-hmm. a good fantasy year last year at tight end. So, and the two tight end system can work. You know, you've seen it over the years with a couple of different teams. They see it happen to them all the time when the Patriots come to town exactly. or they go to New England. Yeah, like Dwayne Allen doesn't run any routes, but they still have two tight ends out there mm-hmm. a bunch. So yeah, I like that pick. Uh, my least favorite. We both had this guy, Jace Sternberger from Texas A&M. It's nothing against Jace. I'm sure he's a great lad. <laughs> but the Packers don't use tight ends. Never. Nail it into your goddamn heads, people. Never. It will never happen with Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't want to throw to the tight ends. They don't scheme it that way. Jimmy Graham, Jermichael Finley, Martellus Bennett, all great tight ends, never got the ball. Yep. Don't do it. Yeah, I, I didn't. I, whenever I saw that, I was just like, oh, poor guy. He's, <laughs> he's never going to get the ball. And he, he's a guy that looks like he wants the ball. He's a uh, pass-catching tight end, uh, just like most of them are nowadays. And uh, yeah. the tight end that I also have is a, a terrible fit is uh, Josh Oliver to the Jaguars uh, from San Jose State. Just a guy. Spartan. Yep, he's just very small tight end. Uh, he like stands out at wide receiver half the time, and I wouldn't be able to see him out there more than half the time in the NFL because he is just such a little guy. Uh, and drafted in the third round of a wide of a draft that had so much talent on the boards, and the Jaguars need a lot. So uh, I just I did not understand that pick. But Nick Foles does like his tight ends, so uh, if that could Give be him a, a new toy. Yeah, if that could be a saving grace for him to have uh, some usability, mm-hmm. hopefully. One more tight end I hate, and then we're going to get to our rapid-fire NFL win totals. This is going to be just – there might be bias involved. There might be little inklings that we've thought about, but this is going to be an instant reaction. It may get loud. <laughs> just a heads up. Uh, I don't like TJ Hawkinson. I'm sorry, Rochelle. <laughs> I, I will write my letter of uh, resignation on my way out from this podcast. I'm not saying let – me, let me – parlay this by saying that I don't hate him as an actual NFL tight end when it comes to the actual game of football, but for fantasy, I have no interest in this guy whatsoever. 
The Lions brought in Matt Patricia. He's an old-time guy. He wants to run the ball. They invested in Carrion Johnson last year. They're going to give him a big amount of run this year. Um, they drafted Jesse James, or they didn't. They picked up Jesse James. They have another tight end as well in this in the uh, tight end room. Um, and TJ Hawkins is a hell of a blocker, so I think he's going to be asked to block a bunch, which can be great for Carrion Johnson. But as as far as tight ends go, I, I don't really have any interest. And the price tag is going to be pretty high since he was a number eight pick in the draft. Yeah, I I felt bad for all my Lions fans, friends that were just panicking whenever that pick was made. I mean, I think it's a and fun the, pick. There were so many good players. There were. Ed Oliver, stud. But, you know, he's a great all-around football player. He looks a lot like Heath Miller. He looks like a little, like, he looks like a little country boy. He, he looks probably like, is. He's he, from Iowa. He looks like he would say, yes, ma'am, and no, sir. Ooh. <laughs> I'm into that. <laughs> Give him my number. All right, so we're going to get into the rapid NFL win totals now. And Ryan will be doing the AFC, and I will be doing the NFC. So we have less bias since we would go against our conferences here. So let's start out with the first one. It's the NFC. Ryan hit me. Arizona Cardinals at five. Over. I love it. Next would be the Atlanta Falcons at eight and a half. Over. Okay. Drafted two offensive linemen. Big fan. I like it. Uh, Baltimore Ravens, eight and a half. I know what you would pick, and I know I, what I'm going to pick. I wouldn't do it. Over. Uh, at least you have plus odds for I think they'll it. get right to the nine. Maybe. It's going to be tough to get wins. All right, Buffalo Bills, six and a half. Over. Ooh. Let's go, Buffalo. We're hitting hard on the overs here. Um, okay. All right, Carolina Panthers at eight. Under. I agree. Chicago Bears at nine. Ooh. Push. Agree. <laughs> uh, Cincinnati Bengals, six. Ooh, under. Cleveland Browns, nine. Under. Uh, okay, you're up. All right. The favorite team that you have besides the Pittsburgh Steelers, Dallas Cowboys at nine. Push. Push? You think the Cowboys will get nine wins? I, I think they can go nine and seven pretty easily. <sighs> I guess. Denver Broncos. And, like, everyone on the Cowboys is on a contract year this year. Yeah. And usually people on contract years show up. And they should be healthier than they were last year at the offensive line. Um, Denver Broncos, seven. Um, under. I'm okay with Stupid that. Joe Flacco. Detroit Lions, Rochelle at six and a half. Under. Six and a half is a low number, and that's super disrespectful, but they could be bad, and you get plus odds for taking the under. That's true. Uh, You're up again. Uh, Green Bay at nine. I'm going to say over. They had a shitty year last year. They're going to bounce back. Lame that both are minus 110s. Yeah. Big disappointment. Not cool. Houston Texans, eight and a half. Ooh, I like that over. They, uh... Had a strong run to finish their season last year. I think they're I think they're gelling. And then that's me again with the Colts at nine and a half. I'll take. Yep. Uh, I know the Colts are your guys, but I think nine and a half sounds like a lot of wins. I'm going to take the under. Plus one thirty. I think they get to ten. Uh, Jacksonville eight. That seems high to me. Yeah, that seems high to me as well. I'll probably take that under. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs ten and a half. 
Probably I think the it, highest it, win total there is. Yeah. Tied, I guess. Yeah, with a couple other the uh, juggernauts. Has 11, of oh damn. Fuckers. Um, I th- I think the the Chiefs can go over on that. That's oh, yeah. that's a lot of wins, but uh, Computer, they're they're a great team. I think they get to twelve or thirteen. Yeah, they're a great team. Um, Chargers nine and a half. Um, oh, that that's a. A lofty goal. The Chargers just seem like a ten and six team to me. Yeah, like yeah. Phil, I feel like Philip Rivers can always get them to the playoffs, yeah. and and usually having at least nine ten wins, it'll be really close around that. But I'll take the the plus one twenty nine and a half over, or is that the under? No. Yeah, the unders on yeah, the I'll, right. Okay, never mind. I'm I'm gonna take the over. I think they'll get to ten. I think they are. Yeah, the unders yeah. on the right. Yeah, I'm gonna take the over. Then. All right, where are we at? Oh, the Rams. All right, hit me with the Rams. All right. My favorite team, which is why I couldn't pick them, this fair. this thing, yep. the L.A. Rams at ten and a half. Definitely, you're getting plus money for the over. Here. Yeah, that's what crazy. That? What are you doing, Vegas? The Rams are going to be a good team for yeah. a while. Ten and a half is easy stuff. That's I'd easy. have them pegged at twelve wins. That's easy. All right, Miami Dolphins five. Mm. Uh, with my friend Josh ben. Rosen, Dolphins. I know. Five. If my friend Ben, who's listening to the podcast, who's a Dolphins fan, please turn it off or or just mute it for 30 seconds because I think that'll go under. I think the Dolphins are going to be super bad. I think you bet the under, you walk away, you put the ticket, and you cash it in at the end of the year without yep. an issue. Yep. I think the Dolphins are going to be the worst team in the NFL this year. Yeah, I think they're selling out for uh, first-round draft pick or top uh, pick draft. Yep. Like Unless Josh one, Rosen two. is amazing. Yeah. You know, who knows, but... I think the whole AFC East improved slightly this year and last year. Mm-hmm. And they kind of got left behind. I agree. All right. Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins at nine wins. I'm going to push it. Yeah. I wouldn't take this bet. I'd push them right at nine and seven. I think the Packers are going to be better. Um, and I think the Bears still win the division. I would take the under. All right. Uh, Patriots, 11. That's a lot. That's a lot. Um. I think that I'm sad that I would say this, and it's probably more of like an emotional hedge. I would take the over, and then if they win, then I win money, and if they lose, then I'm happy because they, they didn't I'd, win 11 games. I'd probably push this one as well. Yeah. Um. All right. Hit me with the next one. The uh, Revenge Tour New Orleans Saints at 10.5. 100% on the over. Oh, yeah. I have no doubts in my mind about it. Uh, and also uh, NFC East foe of my Redskins and the new Daniel Jones team, New York Giants at six. That seems high, I think. Under. Doesn't that seem a little high? Under, next. <laughs> <laughs> Big time under. Um, all right, New York Jets, seven and a half. This is an interesting one. The fact that the Jets are projected for one and a half wins more than the Giants is kind of a crazy world we live in. That, yeah, that, they that, finally flipped. They're trending the other way. It's like if the Mets were better than the Yankees. Yeah, exactly. So uh, seven the and a half are better than the Rangers, though. That's true. Seven and a half, I I think seems like a lot still in a that half is throwing me the off. half throws me off. I don't know if they can get to five hundred. So I think I'm going to take the under. Oakland Raiders. Six. Raiders will be bad again under. I agree. (laughs) Sorry, John. Uh, Gruden, not Harold. Yeah. Well, John might be. Speaking of the Grudens, uh, I saw Jack Gruden (laughs) 
Jay Gruden's son at Charlestown. Did you see that in the yeah, video I, did, I said I that? I was confused at first, so I didn't respond until yeah. later. I saw it and I was like, it was the, when the draft was going on. Like the, <laughs> like the second day of the draft. I was like, why are you here? Whatever. All right. Uh, what's next? We have the Eagles. The Eaglets at nine and a half. Ugh. That this sounds is like a, tough. That sounds high. I'm going to take the under. I think the first year with Carson Wentz having the sole job might be a little bumpy. Nick, not, not if Nick Foles fan. is starting, I'm taking the over. Oh, I agree. All right. All right. <laughs> go across the state to Pittsburgh at nine wins. Nine wins, Ryan. What do you think? I think, uh, I think the Steelers will push. I, I personally have the Steelers at 10 and 6 this year. So yeah. nine is a, is a favorable number for me. Uh, it was eight and a half for a while, actually, which I really liked. But mm-hmm. I would take the over. I obviously have my own personal bias, but I think that the whole narrative of losing A.B. and Bell has kind of gone off its rock yeah. at this point. Yeah, I agree. But I would have yeah, hammered eight and a half. I would have hammered eight and a half. I wouldn't have a problem with that. Yeah, I would have hammered eight and a half. Uh, San Francisco at eight. Mm. See, I feel like... Every year we have that team that finishes last in their division and then wins it. Mm. I feel like that's going to be the Niners. Give me the over on eight. Call me crazy. I'm not a Niners believer. Uh, Say in the division, Seattle at eight and a half. Over. I agree. They win nine games every year. Every year. Russell Wilson will figure it out. Yep. All right, and now the new Bruce Arians-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers at six and a half. Mm. Over. Seven wins. You think he can get him that far? I think he can. And you're you're a Jameis believer too. I like Jameis. I really like Ronald Jones still as well. I think he's gonna find something in the in the Bruce Arians offense. Uh, Tennessee Titans at eight. <laughs> this one would give me headaches if I was there, honestly, because they won ten games last year and they were shit. I that is true. That confuses me. <laughs> I'll take the under just because that's what I think I should do. Yeah. But the fact that you reminded me that they won 10 games and they were a playoff team. They were in a playoff game in week 17. The winner of that Colts game was going yeah, to the playoffs. exactly. That's nuts, dude. That division's a mess. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all better now, but that division's a straight-up mess. All right, and to end the show. The best team. We have the most <laughs> interesting prop bet in the history of prop bets. We have the Redskins at plus money, by the way, to go over six and a half. What do, what do we think about this here, Ryan? I think that it is a very scary number. I think it'll. I think a lot of people will bet the over and it'll get up to seven by the time the season starts. Yeah. Especially with that being plus money. If it gets to money. seven, I'm pushing. Yeah, especially with it being plus money. So I think I would take the over. I think I could have us around seven wins. But... Also, Redskins have a tough schedule this year. I was looking through it, and the it's Redskins hard. The Redskins' defense, though, is going to be very good this year. The yeah, more I, look I, at it, I agree. Montez Sweat's good. a great addition. Landon Collins is just going to be they're, running they're, around. Their front seven is just so sound now. Oh, yeah. They're they're not going to get blown out of games. So They're, they're going to be in a ton of close games. I'm going to take the over as well at six and a half, but if it gets to seven, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, seven will make it tough. All right, kiddies. That's all we got for today. Thanks for joining us on the Gritty Sports Podcast. Uh, We'll be back next week, I assume, with some hockey talk and uh, hopefully a best ball draft to break down. If you see me at Apple Blossom, kiss me on the lips and say, I love Gritty Sports Talk. He's going to want an enema, too. He's going to say no, but he wants one. And an IV. Yeah. (laughs) So go ahead and stick it up his ass. Yes. All right. (laughs)